Welcome back to Beat Seeker. I'm your host, Matt McButter. In each episode, we explore the shifting world of music with world-renowned experts and artists to take you deep, deep inside the fascinating and changing world of music technology and music discovery. And I'm your host, Mike Weider, reminding you to subscribe in Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating if you like the episode. You can visit our website at beatseeker.fm where you'll find plenty of rabbit holes with extra content to dive into, guest backgrounds, and even a playlist with music recommendations from each of our guest episodes. Also, Beatseeker swag. You can stay current and talk to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BeatseekerPod. Non-fungible tokens or NFTs took the world by storm in 2021, turning digital art into digital gold. NFTs could be an important new revenue stream for artists, but so far, music has been left out of the party. In this episode, we talk to one of the companies trying to change this with a new platform to create and sell NFTs. We hear the story about how new artists and veterans like Method Man are getting in on the NFT craze. We're joined today by John Cole and Allison Ball of TuneGo. John is the CEO and a co-founder and is a music lover and artist advocate. Allison is TuneGo's president, a 25-year veteran of the music industry and former VP of A&R at Warner Brothers. John and Allison join us from Las Vegas and Los Angeles. John and Allison, welcome to Beat Seeker. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited. So we want to talk to you about music NFTs, but first, it might be helpful to get some background on your company, TuneGo. John, could you explain what the company does? Sure. So our core technology platform is something called the TuneGo Vault. Um, we're fortunate enough to have over 120 gra- granted patent claims on our TuneGo Vault. And really what it is, is it's a secure catalog management and creative rights protection platform. So it's built for the creative community. One of the big problems uh, facing the creative community is that every year, literally billions of dollars of music royalties are collected, but not distributed back to the creative universe because the collection agencies and a lot of the organizations responsible for collecting royalties literally do not know where to send that information. Um, and that's because they don't have their proper data um, to send that in from the, those royalties back to the creative universe. And so that's one of the big problems that we solve. That's the foundation of TuneGo. Okay. And I understand you recently launched a new product called TuneGo NFT to help facilitate the sale of music NFTs. We've all heard a lot about digital art NFTs, like the Beeple piece that sold for 69 million. But can you explain what a music NFT is and how TuneGo fits into this? Yeah, so the NFTs, it's just such an exciting time. And we really see it as a whole new frontier for musicians and for artists. It's not just a tremendous opportunity to generate a new revenue stream, but it's really an amazing way to connect with fans like never before. And so since we have this patented Tungo vault that's used by everybody from independent artists all the way up to A-list celebrity artists and music labels and publishers, we already have a library, if you will, of content that is sitting there ready to become an NFT. And so like how you would package uh, digital art or other forms of art and create an NFT for that art, you can do the same thing with music. You can create an NFT that's associated with your music 
And then that's another way for the musicians and the artists to generate revenue and connect with their fans in ways they've never been able to do before. So a lot of this is kind of generating a whole new revenue stream, not just for new artists, but it really is an opening platform that we're finding for legacy artists. Artists that aren't signed to major labels, who still go out and tour, who have a huge fan base, and now they can come through Tungo for NFT to upload all their new music, give away really special things with it, with the art, digital art, original art, giveaways for fans, like tickets, the golden ticket we call. So we have this whole new platform opening up for so many different legacy artists that we're really getting a lot of calls for. It's really exciting. Yeah, it's super cool. Maybe it might be helpful just to walk through one example. Like one of the ones I've, I saw in your in your press was um, a NFT from the Wu-Tang veteran Method Man. You know, my understanding is that it's a combination of some comic artwork uh, from his project and some unreleased music. But maybe you could just walk us through this example. Like how did this come together and, and what is it that comprises Prizes this specific NFT. Yeah, the Method Man is a great example because it does bring in different pieces of art. And I think the perfect NFT should incorporate multiple pieces of art. So it's not just about the music. So what's really exciting about the Method Man project is not only is there new original music from Method Man himself, but there's also an original canvas painting which is really cool. It's a physical piece of artwork that's going to be associated with the NFT. So you, you actually get to, you know, everyone thinks of NFTs as this digital thing, but here you're actually going to get that original one of a kind canvas. Okay. So you get something in real life as well as the, uh, the digital stuff. Exactly. And then what's really cool about Method Man's project is Method Man is a huge comic book fan and he has a big vision, a long-term vision about creating his own comic universe. And he calls that the Tikal universe. So part of this NFT, along with the original canvas artwork, the original new music, is going to be the introduction of some of these first characters that are going to be the foundation of his Tikal universe, his comic universe, if you will. So in the future, these characters are going to eventually have storylines are going to be part of digital interactive comic series that are all released in the future as NFTs. So the person that or the buyers, the NFT collectors, the NFT buyers that can get involved in this project at this stage are really getting the NFTs to the original characters that sparked this whole comic universe that's forthcoming along with the original music and this canvas art. So in a way, it's really a it's an opportunity to own a piece of history. Yeah, that is. Cool. And I guess that those are some of the things that make for a good NFT in terms of its sort of one of a kind, unique uh, nature. That's really cool. And how did this come about? Was this, did you guys approach Method Man? Did he find you? How did you guys connect uh, to put this together? Uh, actually, Method Man's team reached out to Dapper Labs, who we've partnered with to build our NFT marketplace. So the Tungo NFT marketplace is built on the Flow blockchain from Dapper Labs. Dapper Labs is the company that built NBA Top Shot which sure. is one of the most successful NFT marketplaces in the world. They've also recently signed deals with the NFL, the UFC, La Liga, 
Dr. Seuss, just these big sports organizations and other organizations, and also with Tungo to build Tungo NFT. So we were introduced, we started brainstorming, going through the creative process. And ultimately, we came up with this package that we just think is very exciting for NFT collectors. Yeah, no, that is really neat. Um, you know, Wu-Tang is all over the NFT news these days. I don't know if you saw this article in the New York Times last week about the sale of their uh, album Once Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. Did you did you see that, uh, that, that, that news? I did. Yeah. No, that's really exciting. One of a kind. And the, I think it went for $4 million, so. Yeah. I mean, it's not an, so maybe just to, for listeners, the story, I guess, was they created this, um, one of a kind album that they sold back in 2014, 2015, and ironically was bought by this pharmaceutical mogul who was a controversial character accused of like price gouging and other bad things. And uh, anyways, the he was caught up in some securities fraud. The government confiscates his assets. And then as part of that settlement, I guess this um, original album got uh, sold to a group called Pleaser Dow who collects NFTs. So while it's not an NFT, it's maybe one of the original or OG NFTs, at least at its heart. Yeah, you know, well, it is a one of one. So one of the things that drives the value of NFTs is scarcity. And yeah. I think with this, uh, with that project, once upon a time in Shaolin, I think the Wu-Tang understood the value of scarcity before the NFT market even materialized. Mm -hmm. So in a way, they were, this could be looked at as a predecessor, the physical uh, version of an NFT before the digital NFT world, you know, really emerged. Mm -hmm. And part of it, and I think that's part why Method Man's so far ahead in the game, because, you know, that that album, what it did and how it is it, actually the birth of an NFT, to be honest with you, if you look at it. The other thing that's been really fun with um, the whole Method Man project is and what we are really bringing to the table is creativity. So it's not just about dropping music. It's really about each person that comes to us as an artist. We come up with a unique creative you know um product so it's not just about music it's like what can you bring that tells a story of mm. who you are and we're really we do serious marketing meetings with the artists and deep dive into how do we make this unique and special so it go, when it goes out people want it it's not just right. going out it's a lot of thought and planning on how marketing what what is going to be offered hmm. so yeah people clearly want it. I mean, we can see the demand growing for these types of, of assets. Can you talk a little bit about the motivations uh, of fans for purchasing these NFTs? Are, th are they looking at it like an investment, do you think? Or is it more about the collectible aspect? You know, I think for the most part right now, the fans are looking at it as a collectible. I think the great awakening is going to come when people realize that it is an investment. I mean, a collectible is a, is a, an investment, but I think where this is going to go and what attracted Tungo, Tungo at its, again, back to the heart and soul of the company is we're a creative rights protection company, if you will. And when we really started to look at NFTs and really got excited about them, it was based around this the aspect of the transparency of creative rights, the fact that 
these items can live on the blockchain and be transparent and visible and live forever. And they're immutable, as they say. Mm -hmm. So we really saw the future of creative rights, the opportunity to manage that NFTs being a part of that, that whole process. And I think where this whole thing is going, where we think it's going is that there's an opportunity to democratize the investment and the ownership of music. And that's what I, that's what we mean when we say it creates a connection between the creative universe and the fans that's never been created before. I mean, if you're a music fan, you, you have a real powerful sense of, connection with any song that you like now imagine being able to actually have a piece of that song if you will mm -hmm. a piece of the royalties or being able to invest in that song be before it's become popular you know those types of things just take that fan engagement level just to a whole nother just a whole nother stratosphere totally. and i think that's really exciting yeah so is that something happening yet or something that is a future possibility for your platform that's something that we are we are going to really push the envelope on. So that's something that we're pioneering. Um, so it's not a requirement per se, but it is definitely an aspect that I think is very exciting that even for an independent artist, say you're an independent artist and you really need that $5,000 to make the next album or to get into the studio or make your music video. Now, what if you could in via the NFT, give a portion of your lifetime streaming royalties or five years of streaming royalties to get an upfront check that you can invest back into your career or marketing and promotion. So it's not just something that's exciting for your main mainstream A-list artists. It's also a, a real opportunity for independent artists to put some um some wind in the sails of their career if you will yeah no i it, it does make a lot of sense i mean we covered um we had in episode 13 we had an interview with royalty exchange and i don't know if you're familiar with them but basically it's a way for artists to sell their their royalty rights um and but but once they once they sell it it's gone whereas i think what you guys could do with this platform is I could sell a piece of it and therefore fans would have a, a vested interest in ownership and and thus want to you know push it and uh, and to be an evangelist for it you know is it you know do you think there's option possibilities for things like fractional ownership or you know I guess it, it can get pretty complicated but what would be really amazing is that if you could, if lots of fans could own a small piece of a bunch of songs, I think in addition to having the music have some economic role in that. I think sky's the limit. I think fractional ownership is definitely a possibility, if not, a, if not a probability. Um, but I, the way I look at NFTs, NFTs reminds me of the light, the cycle of the internet. I mean, in the very beginning, we were clicking on chat rooms and AOL. And now we're talking through doorbells and and having our ovens turn on as we're driving home all via the <laughs> internet. That's only in 20 years, you know, which is not really a long time. Yeah, NFTs are that young. So I really think that that the opportunity it, it just sky's the limit with NFTs, but I absolutely see the democratization of music ownership and fractional ownership as being a part of that, the future. And on our platform, which is really interesting too, which is we have where you, um, if it's going to fractional, you can actually put that all into the NFT. So it gives you a place to say if 10% is going here and 5% is going here, 
that when it all comes to the pie, it's all sectioned off. So you don't have to get it all in one pie and then figure out who you're paying. You actually can put it all together on our platform, on an NFT platform, because our vault has all that. Also, right. Right. I also, I think part of it too is for the future of new artists. So for new artists, NFTs are still, you know, we're still figuring it out. People are still figuring it out. But what it does is you drop the NFT before you even go to streaming. And it, the success of the NFT, like John was saying, can be part of your promotion and marketing dollars that you use to promote in streaming platform. So it really generates this whole other revenue stream even before mm. you go out to streaming. Because usually how we're doing it is you drop the NFT first and you get all the buzz going from the NFT with the artwork. Then you come back and you put it in streaming. So part of the money, it could help shoot your video. It could help get you a publicist, a PR. Right. Money normally that you couldn't afford as an independent artist to do. So one more sort of question on, I guess, the fan, from the fan perspective, there, there have been some criticisms leveled at, at NFT sales for being, you know, at, at times uh, maybe pump sort of like a pump and dump scheme or with some loose celebrity involvement that's been a little bit overhyped. So as a fan, how do I protect myself from, you know, investing in, in something, you know, in, in something that may not have any value? That's a brilliant question. Um, I'm glad you asked that. That's really the foundation of the Tungo vault. Um, a lot of the, so again, 120 granted patent claims. What the Tungo vault does is it verifies the DNA of the artwork and it provides consensus amongst the rights holders, meaning all the rights holders have to sign off on the fact that this is original, legitimate art that's owned by those creative mm. those creative owners the average song today has at least 10 different contributors mm -hmm. so you have at least 10 different people that can go in and verify that this is authentic work so that's built into the tungo vault so when you go to tungo nft versus another NFT, i can't speak about other nft marketplaces but when you go to tungo nft you know that when you're getting an NFT from our platform, that behind that is the actual DNA of the creative rights and the artwork. And that's such an important point. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. And I guess maybe on that subject of, of NFT platforms, maybe we could just talk about that for a sec. As a, as a fan, if I'm looking to go buy a, a music NFT, I guess there there's a bunch of different options. There's these generic platforms like Nifty Gateway or OpenSea. And then there's music specific platforms like yours. Um, how do you how do you see this all shaking out in terms of is the fan need to go out and hunt on these platforms? Are they going to go through the artist to then find where they're selling them? Um, but maybe you could talk a little bit about the landscape of different marketplaces that there there are out there, and um, and where fans should go to to find NFTs. Yeah, and I think you'll have you know more of your just like. Like your eBay style, everything's there. Your Amazon style, if you will, like a OpenSea or like a Nifty. We're going to have a much more targeted approach where we're focused. Tungo NFT is going to be focused on music. Now we are incorporating digital art. For example, with Method Man, there's digital, there's music, there's digital art, there's original canvas art. Um, so we do have the ability to bring those other pieces of art um, into the NFT fold, but it's really focused on music. 
And again, when you're as an NFT consumer or a collector, you know when you go to Tungo NFT that you're going to have the verified DNA of the creative assets. So there's an extra level of protection and I think an extra level of value. If you can point to an NFT that says, I know that that was created by who's saying they were created it. It's not just art of a person. It's actually art from that person. And that's a big difference. And that's what you're going to get on Tungo NFT versus other marketplaces. So if I create, if the artist creates or mints an NFT on your platform, um, do they have to sell it in your marketplace exclusively or potentially this NFT could find its way to other marketplaces or platforms? Yeah, our platform is all integrated end to end. So you put all of the assets into our Tungo vault, the creative rights are stored and protected in our Tungo vault, and then that's seamlessly minted and okay. then put onto the Tungo NFT marketplace. Got it. Maybe just one last question on this. There was a recent announcement with, um, I guess, TikTok uh, suggesting they're getting into the NFT mar- market. How do you think platforms like theirs or maybe in the future Spotify would play in, play in the, into this world? It's a little unknown. I think, again, this is part of being in the infancy of the NFT stage. Right. Um, when I first saw the TikTok announcement, I kind of looked at them all similar to uh, how the DSPs are. Like, for example, Tungo also has distribution deals with all the streaming platforms. So everybody from Spotify to Apple to YouTube to TikTok to Instagram to everybody. So we have a full distribution engine. And when I saw the TikTok announcement with NFTs, where my mind eventually went was that through our system, that would potentially be another outlet where somebody- That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't know what their plans are totally, but that's what my head went. <laughs> but part yeah. of it coming from the music business, because I come from, you know, record company background, it's the Wild Wild West. So it's right. like everyone's kind of figuring it out and it's, it's, but it's the future and it's growing quickly. So that's part of the whole, like everyone's jumping in um, and it is, you know, it's kind of test and figure it out as we go. But what I love about our platform is because you can always come back and we make sure that it's synchronized. It's, um, you know, we have a fingerprint. So we know like really all the legal stuff is taken care of that you're secure. The whole security is super important. And I just feel like the other platforms, we're all out there trying to figure it out. And But it is the future. So mm. I wonder if we could talk a a little bit about the market outlook and the market size, Uh, doing a little bit of research. According to DAP Radar, the trading volume for NFTs hit 10.67 billion in Q3 2021. That's a pretty astounding number. I I think, uh, you know, anyone who's an investor or following the markets would realize that's a you know, that's a, that's a pretty huge market that we have growing and, and not just a passing fad, but the market for music NFTs at this point anyway, is, is a very small part of that. I think estimated at about 60 million. So could you talk a little bit about the current state and, and, and maybe where you think the music NFT market is going and why the market for art is so large versus the music NFT market at this point? Yeah, I, I think digital art was ob- is obviously the leader um, and the games. 
like a crypto kitties or if you will you know they obviously push the nfts into help push it into the mainstream nba top shot i think really took nfts mainstream beyond just the quote-unquote tech and crypto world music right now is the laggard um but i think ultimately it's going to catch up i mean music is the universal language you know music is the is the one thing that connects all societies. It's, it's, you know, it touches your soul. I mean, music is such an integral part of your day. It's just naturally going to catch up. What we're hearing in our discussions is in the music industry is everyone's really excited, intrigued, and curious, but they're still just a little hesitant. So I think one of the reasons why music is, is lagging as far as NFT revenues goes is because the creators haven't flooded the market with inventory, with content yet, where digital art, I mean, you is absolutely just flooded the NFT market. You know, every you can find just an abundance of digital art. You haven't had that same type of a buy-in with the creative side of the music industry. And before you're going to have the revenues increase, you're going to have to have an increase of content, an increase of inventory, if you will, so that NFT buyers can start to look more towards music. But as more and more names you know, the bigger names like Method Man, he's going to be a big pioneer in the NFTs. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to follow. Kings of Leon made a uh, big noise with their NFT. They kind of had that exciting golden ticket, the Willy Wonka golden ticket that gave fans four front row seats to one concert a year. As you see more of these success stories, Snoop Dogg is obviously he's now an NFT whale. I mean, he's, a, he's really jumped. He, he'd released his NFTs. He was so successful that now he's just become an NFT expert. So as these bigger names really start to embrace NFTs, I think the independent artist community is still going, okay, but if you have a name, I get it, but what about me? So that educational process has to happen. But as those things start, as more and more people get up and get onto the dance floor, if you will. You know, it takes one person to get onto the dance floor. <laughs> then there's five people on the dance floor. Then the club is popping. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. as that starts to happen, and then once the independent community really gets involved, then you're going to see um, a lot of content, a lot of NFTs, and then thus a lot of NFT purchases. Hmm. And, 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 and it's a good time right now because we're getting a lot of calls. People are asking really good questions. We're getting mm -hmm. major calls by major people, and we are walking them through how this happens, how they can do it, and giving them education. And that's what everyone's right. looking for, the education of it so they can understand it. Uh, we had a call today with a huge person that really needed to know the education and wants to get in it and how it could be unique for them and used uniquely. A lot of the things that are coming up too with some of the bigger artists is giving back to foundations and raising money to help people, the people that really don't need it for money, but they want to do it right. to help and do foundations. It's really unique. I think each one, yeah, each one is uniquely done. If it's, mm. you know, it's just really fun right now. And down the road, looking ahead, do you see this as being completely transformative to the music industry? I mean, do you think eventually every artist will sell every track as an NFT in addition to, you know, all the other uh, creative uses of NFTs? I do. I actually also think that the NFT might actually extend into the granular components of a song. For example, a song is not just one thing. A song is a beat plus lyrics plus a top line as a hook 
plus ad lib album art right album videos art. yeah videos yeah. So yeah, there's right. so many different components of a song and there's different creators along the way the way you know the songs are created now many times you've bought that beat off of a marketplace or you've when connected with a songwriter there's, there's so many different ways that music's created now it's not all like it was in the past where everyone has to get into the studio at the same time so i think that nfts ultimately can actually be a big part of the entire creative journey yeah i i definitely think it's the wave of the future to be honest with you and just it, it's it, besides just even the artists who are interested in it, even record companies now are all scratching their head like yeah okay how do we do this? You know what I mean? So yes, it's an exciting time and, and wave of the future. Awesome. And we usually like to ask our guests if they have a uh, music recommendation. So uh, Allison, I'm going to start with you first. What are you into lately? Well, you know, I have a new act that I'm working with right now called Fat Yaki. And what I love about these 20-year-old guys that graduated from Cal Arts is they play instruments and they're very much in the vein of you know anderson pack and bruno mars you know soul sonic and music's really coming back to the youth it's like super cool on a personal level if i'm just chilling at home cooking sometimes i love janae Iko. i just love her music she speaks to me she's um i i call her the modern day chardet all right and with a little edge you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> All right. And John, uh, I've been, you know, I've been going back and listening to all my old favorite method man songs. You know, I'm just, it's something that I was a big fan of growing up. I was always a huge fan of the RZA's production. Um, my wife and I are watching every single show on, on Hulu right now of the Wu saga and just, you know, it's kind of funny how life goes full circle, but you grow up, you're a Method Man fan, you're going to the concerts. I remember seeing vividly seeing them at the House of Blues on Sunset, which unfortunately isn't there anymore. And concerts, you know, in multiple cities across the country. And now we're working on this amazing historic project to release his first ever NFT. Um, so I've kind of gone back and just rekindled that whole catalog, you know, just cause I'm just, we're in that method man zone right now. So that's what yeah. I'm listening nice. to. Nice. All right. Thanks for those recommendations. We're going to put those on our, uh, on our, our guest recommendation playlist. And I'm also going to, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go put on uh Tikal as I cook dinner tonight as well. There you go. <laughs> it's been a while. So if <laughs> listeners want to, uh, want to follow you, I mean, we'll, we'll put a link to, to tune go, but, uh, where, where else can they follow you or your work? We'll start with, uh, with you, John. Uh, I'm, you can follow me. I mean, connect with me on LinkedIn. You know, I generally do everything through Tungo. So if you're into the, if you're an NFT collector, definitely go to TungoNFT.com. And if you're a creator on the music side, go to Tungo.com. All right. And Allison? Um, same for NFT and creator on Tungo.com. And then I have a personal music page called Alley Cat Media. A-L-I-C-A-T media.com. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. And I usually post Tungo stuff. <laughs> but other things too from my past. And um, it's really funny. He was talking about full circle on Method Man. So I was part, I was at RCA when Wu-Tang got first signed by Loud Records with Ooh. Steve Rifkin. 
Nice. And Steve Rifkin brought in Wu-Tang, and I remember the whole thing. And it's funny that now um, Method Man are back, I won't say how many years later, but yeah, wow. it's really exciting. <laughs> History. <laughs> History. That's awesome. Great. Yeah, full circle for sure. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. That's uh, This has been a fascinating episode, and we're, lo- we're looking forward to seeing your your launch of the Tungo NFT. I'm, I'm going to be on it. Thank I'll you. I'll be bidding. Thank you. Yes, let's <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> thank you very much. You've been listening to Beat Seeker with your hosts, Matt McButter and Mike Wider. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. While you're there, leave us a rating and a comment and share it with your friends and colleagues. If you want to dig deeper into this content, visit BeatSeeker.fm. That's B-E-A-T Seeker.fm. And if you want to be part of the show, check out our Patreon link. Interact with us on social media at BeatSeekerPod. BeatSeeker is recorded in the Devil Lake Studios and the Tunnel Under Arundel. The show is produced by Matt McButter, Mike Wider, and Kate McCartney. Tim Ratledge is our editor. Thanks for tuning in and keep seeking.